And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's David Simone. As always, special thanks to our sponsor at the Holy Grail. I, I might feel more sorry for them than anyone, Dave, for what's not, happening. I mean, summertime baseball and you just got a team that nobody's going to go see. Just go to the Grail. Like, you don't have to go to the game, right? But if you still want the, the the summer feeling, go to the Grail, have some drinks. The game will be on. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to, like, overly concern yourself with it. But you still get the feeling of being downtown, being, uh, you know, caught up in the, in the, in the scene, caught up in, in the city, as opposed to... Uh, Spending the money to watch that pile of dribble that's... By the time <laughs> the end of July hits, and since, I mean, for all intents and purposes, from a sporting standpoint, COVID is over, mm-hmm. were, will there be more people at Bengals training camp practices? Oh, yeah. Or, or a Reds game? Oh, yeah. Training camp. For sure. Jeffrey, new member. Thank you, my Ooh, friend. Jeffrey. You've been holding out. He's been on the chats all the time. Yes. If you're on, uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, and you see where it says "Join" right underneath the screen, I think you got to be on desktop, or maybe even um, a laptop. But it, it says "Join" right underneath where Dave and I are located, right down here. You can join and become a member, or you can donate. You can even donate that little money sign if you're on YouTube that's right underneath the chat. If you got a question you want to ask, if you if you want to give a topic for me and Dave to talk about, uh, yeah, you, you can, can donate and buy, you buy your way list. into the chat. You, you give us enough money, we'll talk about what you want to talk Whatever about. Whatever the hell you want to talk about. I am a sellout. Like, you know, somebody say that to me a couple months or a couple, probably about a year or so ago when we started bringing on sponsors for everything. Like, boy, you're selling out. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> you're damn right I am. That's got, it's a job. We're selling out. We got another one. Thank you. Subscribe, like and subscribe from Sahil. Absolutely. Like and subscribe. Uh so yeah, Snyder's. We, we were talking about Snyder's the other night. Have you ever been to Snyder's, Dave? Bellevue, think, Kentucky? I don't think so. What is Snyder? It's a candy shop where they oh, do. No, I, I don't need a lot of candy, so. Okay, well, they do a lot. They do maybe the best thing in the city, dessert-wise. They take ice I balls. Mean, there is Grater's ice cream. I but... know, but uh, tr- <laughs> listen, they take ice balls, right? Like the ones you get, like you know. Yeah, like a snow and, cone. And, and well, they're ice balls more than a snow cone. It's more like chunks of ice than it is like snow. Uh, but then in the middle, they do a layer at the bottom. And then in the middle, they put ice cream and then a layer on the top. And then they put the sauce that you want, whatever like flavor that you want over top of it. So it makes it like a creamy snow, like a, you know, creamy snow cone. It's delicious. Nice. They're very good. And they have very good uh, non-pareils. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to basketball here in a little bit. I want to, I want to get to kind of the, the hot topic. Here's the thing. We have beat to death everything that happened over the past week. Um, 
So I don't know that we want to do that again. Is that that commemorative football that got sold? Oh, I have two commemorative footballs. I have Bearcats. Bengals and Bearcats. And wow. Bearcats. That's impressive. They are, they are sweet, too. Like, not screen printed. They're embossed. Like, Bengal one, they put Burrow and Chase on it. UC one's got the Cotton Bowl logo. Definitely worth it. They are pretty darn sweet. I'm glad you like that. But yeah, now I get, now like when that. I'm doing work, I have a football to like throw up to myself and, and waste five minutes or so. Um, I want to I want to talk a little. Uh, I want to talk a little nil. Dave. Okay. Um, everybody's now freaking out because we, what it, what we knew would happen is happening. And I just think, like, I, I think people need pointed in the right direction. Is this out of control? Yeah, it's probably a little out of control. Uh, but that's the result of the NCAA knowing this was coming and thumbing their nose up at, like, trying to to provide a structure for it, right? right. Like, when, when the O'Bannon thing went to trial and the NCAA lost, the NCAA basically said fine you want it go ahead go ahead come get come get you some and now what is happening is exactly what is this is exactly what boosters have wanted from the like the, the 60s 70s right like we want to buy wins for our favorite team and we are willing to do so uh and and now they've opened up the floodgates and boosters are doing everything possible to buy wins and it's people are freaking out. But what did you think was going to happen? Right. You got, I mean, if you're not going to put any guardrails, any, just for lack of a better term, rules, you yeah. can't be. You can't then be surprised, outraged, upset when someone with more money, which just, I mean take any walk of life any any daily thing that we do like if you don't put rules and guardrails in place people with the most money most access are going to be able to do things that other people aren't going to do and like you know i am admittedly the nli thing is just something that does not really interest me so like i don't pay a ton of attention to it um i'm all for the kids getting money. Um, I don't like just like the straight up buying of players. Yeah, but that was inevitable. No, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm just saying I don't like it. Like I'm not saying that see, I this didn't is, think it was gonna happen. This is what it's supposed to be, right? With John Robinson, be, Texas running back, got a Lambo deal. It's supposed Hell to be yeah. name, image, and likeness. You get compensated for your name, image, and likeness. That is not what it's turned into because what high school player has any value to their name, image, and likeness? They're just buying them to come to their university. Right. I mean, you had like like LeBron had some he's, value. He's a, like, he's a but generational. Yeah, but I'm saying, right. Right. I'm saying that's who has name, the, image, the kid, and likeness. The kid from point. California that Tennessee paid $8 million to to come play quarterback, not this year. Maybe next, next year. Maybe next year. Has no his name, image, and likeness has no value currently. 
And that's the part that I'm not a fan of. Like, you want to reward, you want to set up stuff for kids, like the Skyline deal or whatever Des got or whatever any of these college kids are getting. Like, hell yeah, cars, whatever. Like, go for it. But I'm just like, whatever. I'm like, it's not designed for a collective. Right. To pull together $10 million. To go buy a a recruiting class. Or to pay your best players to stay. Or to pay somebody else's best players. players to leave. Right. To leave. Like, right? Like, I mean, you can't even do that in the NFL. That'd be like going to someone under contract in the NFL and going, you know, Joe Burrow, I know you're making a rookie deal, but we're just like the Browns. We're just going to give you a $250 million guaranteed contract. We know you're under contract with the Bengals. Right. But we're, we're going to give you this. And I know it's a little right. bit different because you can transfer, but like you're just going to players that are on other teams and just offering them salaries basically to see if they'll leave. And it, and it's, and it's not, um, it's not something that's like uncommon. This is happening a lot everywhere. Like dude, the kid from the receiver from BC it, who no, there's another one, the receiver from BC, who most people, unless you really, really, I mean, he's very good, but unless you really follow college football, you don't know who Zay Flowers is. Right. Turned down 600000 and 300000 to leave. Yeah. I don't know that I would have done that. I probably would have, I mean, you can give me $300,000, $600,000. Okay. Okay. Do you see? Do you see the kid? Like the the Kentucky. There was a report that what Kentucky offered the Pitt kid or somebody like four hundred thousand to hit Jordan, the portal. Jordan Addison. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred thousand. Uh, that that ain't even. Well, this was at the beginning. This uh, was before like the fireworks went off, and we really started to see like the bidding wars commence. Uh, and the Kentucky people were like, "I can guarantee that didn't happen." Yeah. Oh yeah, but sure. You guys keep telling yourself that. Yeah, you guys have never, never, uh, never done anything unseemly like that. The the pit kid wants three million in NIL. No, I am all for how forever the players have brought money to their universities, and the universities have sold jersey, sure. sold jerseys with numbers on them with but no names in the charade that no one knows who that jersey is. Like, if you're buying a UC number nine jersey, oh, no, that could just be anybody. Or, you know, or it's Desmond Ritter. Or and number Desmond, one for sauce. Right. right? And, like, and up until very, very recently, those guys weren't getting a dime. And that's the part that I disagree with. Uh, the part about the whole collectives, I'm like, I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm clearly not, in that age range yet, but like, I just, it, it's not my thing. Like you, you want to do that? You go ahead and do that. Like I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll ever be in a position where I'm like, yeah, here's some money to buy an 18 year old. Cause that might be good at football in three years. See how the players get big NIL deals actually perform. It doesn't matter. Like everybody keeps talking. I keep hearing like, you know, these businesses or these rich people or whatever are, are going to get disenchanted with, with NIL. No, they'll just buy uh, the next person. Right. That's the thing. Like, they, they're not looking for return on investment. They want they to, are be trying able to, to buy wins. 
the te- all the Texas A&M stuff, you think those people are going to stop? They are trying to buy a team that can beat Alabama. Right. They and don't not, care. And they're not going to stop until they do. And Maybe they probably, in a smaller – go ahead. No, they, and they probably never will. So from an, from an outsider's perspective, we'll all sit here and laugh at all the money that these people are wasting, but they don't care. Like, they don't see it as wasting. That's no, we like I'll we, look at right, it. As, we see it as wasting. They think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna win. We're gonna win. We're, this is this is finally gonna allow us to compete with Alabama and Georgia and you know Ohio State, Clemson, whatever. No, it won't. It's not because because as Nick Saban th- said in what was it a couple weeks ago when he he kind of made a comment about this stuff without making a comment about it. And everybody was that knows was like, yeah, they weren't. That they, a, they, it's not a threat. That's a promise. Like, you want Nick to start playing this game, right? Because he he can start playing this game too, and then you all are real screwed. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean, he did that with the transfer portal too, like, right? This is what you guys want. We'll do it. And then look yeah. what they're doing in the transfer portal. They only they're take they only take they, well, they, they only take starters and dudes that are going in the first round. Right. Right. Oh, you're a second-year guy that's going to be eligible for the NFL draft next year? Come on over here to Alabama, and uh, we're going to win a championship with you as our running back, or you as our wide receiver, Jamison Williams. They got three dudes coming in this year, one from Louisville, one from Georgia Tech, and one from LSU that are all, I mean. Top 50 minimum, right? NFL draft picks. At some point, probably, yeah. Yeah. Eli Ricks will probably be a first rounder. The Gibbs, the running back Gibbs kid from Georgia Tech is a straight up dude. Like he's going to maybe rush for 1,500 yards this year. And then some receiver from Louisville that apparently runs like a 4 2 9 and that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, that's the, the, the that's what cracks me up about Saban. Everybody freaks out when they hear his comments. Like that, those are war, like those are. Threats. They are yeah, threats. They're warnings. Like you guys wanted it this way. Okay, I'll do it too. Yeah, I will do it better. Oh, I need to open up my offense. Okay, I opened up my offense and have the best offense in history. Oh, I, I need to do this. Okay, well, if you're going to make me use the transfer portal, I'll go out and get five of the ten best transfers every year, uh, and and replace my NFL starters with future more future NFL starters. Oh, you guys want to talk about paying kids? Well, guess what? You come to Alabama. Here's your million dollar uh, a year salary because we got it like that. We can do whatever the hell we want. I I just think people get so like twisted in circles on this stuff because they don't know where to point the blame and and they don't know. Like I've heard heard Mo like lamenting the whole like it's the wild, wild west out there. And like it's easy to just jump in and say like, the people that are talking about it are anti-NIL. No, they they just would like for there to be some uniformity. And the NCAA had a chance to create that uniformity and just threw their hands up and said, we don't want to deal with it. And now, now that the shit's hitting the fan, all of a sudden, well, we can't have boosters controlling the sport. We've never been about boosters controlling the sport. Well, well then very, you should have created some guidelines in the first place. It's, it's very funny to look back on it, though, because the NCAA wants to control every element of what the has forever wanted to control. 
every element of what these student athletes can and can't do. Sure. And now all of a sudden for this topic, they were like total hands off. Like we don't, which is, we don't care. Just like do whatever you want to do, which just goes so far against the way that they've operated. I mean, you had, you put in parameters and guidelines and rules for the transfer portal. You had, you have rules for recruiting. You have rules for, you know, basically everything. But yet this, this thing, you were just like, nope. Do whatever you want. And now you're mad that people are doing whatever they want. Here's here's what here's what always, you know, here's the irony in all of this. Boy, they sure do want those boosters to impact the university, though, don't they? Yeah. Anytime something needs done, the, the people that are so like you can't have these people in bed with the student athletes. But anytime something needs done, boy, we sure can have them in bed with us. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, we want your $100,000 to our athletic department, but not your $100,000 directly to the student. Right. Well, that's that's a, a bridge too far. The, your money has to go where we say it goes. We have to bring the money and then we decide how it gets allocated. Yeah. And, and, and it gets allocated for things that we want, not things that they want. I don't know. I, I just the whole conversation is exhausting. Yes, Aaron. The funny thing is, the NCAA could have controlled this from the jump if they had just gotten ahead of the the lawmakers, like the the judge well, ruling. The, no, see, all they had to do, Aaron, actually, was come to a settlement with the O'Bannon case. Was reach a settlement, and then mm-hmm. there would have been parameters put in place for if EA Sports wants to do a sports game. This is the cut that everybody, every athlete in college football gets. Same as the NFL. Like, that's how the NFL gets to use name, image, and likeness for Madden and whatnot, right? Just crazy. that They, the, they the could game, have gotten out ahead of this and, and chose not to. They just dug in their heels even further. Yeah, because they didn't think it was ever possible that, that Congress or what, whatever would be or the Supreme Court right. would, would, would look not, at them and it would not go, side with them. Yeah, would look at them and go, nah, man, this is some bullshit that y'all are pulling. That's all I wanted to mention. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the root of it. They could have they could have solved this easily if they had any desire to find a common ground. All they would have had to have done was reach a settlement in the O'Bannon case. And it and it there would have been it would have been up to like EA Sports. Do we want to commit this much of what we make? To giving players what five thousand, ten thousand dollars, everybody gets five grand. Everybody gets ten grand for their name, image, and likeness. Um, but that would have been up to the businesses to decide whether they they felt that the worth was there to go ahead with that game um, over, you know, not not being able to use the numbers or whatever the the case may be. And instead, they chose violence, and they got violence. And now, of course, everything is all jacked up. Of course, exactly what we knew would happen is happening. Boosters have been dying to run this sport because it's bigger than, like, like there's actual sweat equity from boosters in universities, right? They went there. They got their diploma there. It turned helped turn them into billionaires or millionaires depending on what level you're talking about, right? They have skin in the game. 
It's not the NFL or, you know, what nobody want no there's no boosters in the NFL writing the Bengals a $5 million like check, right? It doesn't happen to the Reds. Doesn't ha- doesn't happen in pro sports. It happens in college sports because these guys have skin in the game and they want to impact winning. They want to impact their school being better than their coworkers school. Or like you know what I mean? Yeah, you just you, you want to you know, that you can then say like I had an impact. I you know, I helped, you know, elevate see, this program or whatever. You see that star running back out there? I got him here. That that was my guy. That's, see that quarterback that's going to be the first round pick? I got him here. That was my guy. <laughs> like I don't know, it just it's so dumb to see like some of the some of the directions that this conversation is going in when the answer and the 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 logic of it is all very simple this is exactly what was going to happen when you decided well we we, we can't make any rules i just i get a kick out of like the merit badgers who want to turn this into like something that hasn't been going on behind the scenes for a very right. long time and then now it's terrible, and now it's going to ruin the sport. I mean, I saw a thing today where someone, I wish I could remember what it was on Twitter, went back to try to find the first time in the in the media the phrase like death to college football was used because you know how we see it all the time with all oh, this is going to be the end of college football as we know it or the death of college football. It was from like 1904 in the desert news or something. Right. So the sport has been dying because of all of these decisions that ever, that so many people think are so terrible for 118 years. <laughs> right? Like we've we've had people like we've had a school get the death penalty for this. It, and now not... they're straight up and now they're sending out Twitter graphics straight up Yeah, with the Camaro. The... In leaning into the fact that they got the had the death penalty for giving guys cars. What was the? I saw an article the other day that was like the guy that was the SMU coach at the time is rolling over in his grave. Like, see, I told you it was okay. Yeah, I was fifty years ahead of my time. I told you this was fine. What Eric Dickerson and a golden Camaro or something? Like a Firebird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to like. I don't want to spend a whole show on this, but I just no, wanted to I... get it out of the way off the top of like. And, and where does Cincinnati stand? Probably not in a great spot. Cincinnati hasn't been in the uh, in the college arms race for long enough to be in a great spot here. Like no, the teams that are in a great spot are the teams that have been in a great spot in the sport for a very long time because they have a very long track record of success, a very large and passionate fan base like you know it's no different than anything else in the sport like your big dogs who have won national championships and have been you know perennial uh you know dominators in the game are gonna be at the the head of the list just like they are in the head of the list from revenue standpoint just like they are in the head of the list from 
you know, a stadium standpoint, a budget standpoint, all those things. Indoor facility, yeah, nutrition centers, weight rooms, locker rooms, like it, it's all coming from the same. Like that's that's Mike DeCourcy wrote about it today. I'm going to have Mike on tomorrow uh, on ESPN fifteen thirty to talk about it. Like this does not create the haves and the have-nots. No, it doesn't. It's the same haves and have-nots as it's always been. <laughs> I mean, it's that's not going to change. It's not going to be any different than it was in the past. Go look at the places that have the largest collectives. Texas, Ohio State, USC. Like The bigger thing, though, is that the, I mean, to me, is like, this is wild, but like, I read an article yesterday, the new Big Ten TV deal is likely going, going to, to be a billion dollars a year, a right? A billion dollars a year. Yeah. So the teams are going to get 80 I mean, talk about 90, getting 80, I mean, 80, and, 90 million. And I don't think the year. Big 12 contract will touch that, but talk about the haves and the have nots. Well, yeah, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be playing a different sport it's than everybody SEC, else. SEC, Big Ten, and everybody else. But I mean, but then, like, just think about like getting out of the American, getting out of the American and getting into a conference that is going to have a TV deal that is at least in the same solar system as those TV deals is way more impactful to UC as an entire athletics department than, than how much money they can raise for a collective way more impactful because like we've been talking about, it's the wild west right now that could all be stopped at any moment. Like it's going to be hard. I don't know that you can put the toothpaste back in the tube. You could put parameters in though. Maybe. Sure, you could be like the NCAA could say like you can't give. I mean, I'm just making it up. Like the player has to be enrolled in your university to benefit from NI. Yeah, but some of these states are passing laws that that high schoolers can get NLI. High school can, but then he's ineligible to play to be in college. But then it would go to court, and the court would say the NCAA doesn't supersede state law. It has already. No, it hasn't. Yeah, the labor. It, it had, yes. In what, like, it, it, in terms of this? No, in other areas. I think in terms of this, like, the there's going to be a precedent can make set. you ineligible for whatever they want to make you ineligible for. Doesn't they can't matter. make something, like, illegal that is, that is approved, like, in the state. Like they can't, sure can. they you, can't say you're ineligible for getting something that is legal. You can become ineligible for failing drug tests in states that smoking marijuana is legal. Yeah, but that's there's still laws in those states that businesses can administer drug tests. Like there's not laws in Colorado that says drug testing is out. Not out, but it, but it. Some you can get a you don't have to test, but the NCAA requires it. I think it would be a very slippery slope with with NIL if these states are passing laws that high schoolers can get NIL that the, the NCAA will not be able to supersede state law and rule somebody ineligible for something that's legal. They're not high schoolers anymore. They they're in high school. No, I'm saying once they enroll in college. 
Yeah, but the, the the law would be that there's no age on when you can receive NIL. That would, was what would allow it to happen in high school. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways that they can. I don't think that. I think it would be legally challenged. And I don't think the NCAA would win. Like there's already precedent with with the O'Bannon case that, that this stuff, as long as there is. Basically, I've done some research on like on behind the scenes. That sounds boring as hell. As long as there is a service provided. Well, that's the other thing. There is not a service being provided in a lot it's, of these cases right now. But but the the definition of service provided is so small, Dave. Like well, then you type then you have a service, then you change that element of it. Well, that's why you're seeing these 5013Cs because C3s is because Basically, what they're saying is like, here is a charity. Uh, here is our charity. This is the fund that benefits our charity. And if athlete A comes and teaches at this underprivileged youth basketball camp, where they're a camp counselor, right? We're giving them ten thousand dollars a day. We're giving them right. fifty thousand dollars a day to come be a, a counselor at this camp. And all they have to do is show up for like. 30 minutes like yeah. there, there's no set they can show up for a minute and i'm i think that's fine but like there's no service being provided when you're offering kids money to transfer from a school that they have no interest in transferring from i'm sure they're like life wallet like uh, all that the, the, all that nigel pack is gonna do is make a couple social media posts and maybe do a commercial for life wallet and he gets his four hundred thousand dollars what is that there's no, what does Isaiah Wong get out of it, though? He's got the same deal. It's just for less money. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Now, now you have players saying, sure. pay me more oral transfer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where it's going to get tricky is in a locker room. Like, here comes hot shot, hot shot Tennessee freshman quarterback making $8 million, and nobody else on the roster is making more than 300000 I, I mean, you know, it's a totally different topic and like you either adapt or, or you yeah, get for out, sure. you either adapt or get out. Like, I don't, I wouldn't blame any of these coaches if they're like, yeah, I ain't doing this shit anymore. I firmly believe coach K, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, like th- I'd be, this I'd be the same way. Like this is part of it. I mean, this is, I mean, like, this isn't coaching. This is hoping that someone doesn't get to my kids and starts offering them stuff that we can't offer. We don't want to offer, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap that up. Uh, Let's timestamp that urban artifact is the second largest sour only brewery in the United States. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by urban artifacts, North side tap room, Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Um, If you guys have anything you want us to talk about, throw it in the chat. We're, we're open to suggestions. Tonight. It doesn't you got even topics. have to be sports related. Yeah, whatever, whatever you got. Um, Dave, I know you were on, uh, pardon the punctuation, on Tuesday uh we talked draft extensively over an hour on monday do you have any final thoughts any 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 closing thoughts on the draft 
any closing thoughts on on what this you know big picture means for UC? Anything draft related that you haven't gotten off your chest that you want to get off your chest? Uh, you know, I would be doing a disservice to the BCJ podcast, but that being said, just go listen to the PTP podcast from last night if you haven't yet. I talked about Tuesday it night. for Tuesday night. I talked about it for a good hour. Yeah, at least broke down all the Bengals stuff, all the Bearcat stuff. Like, I know there's people that don't listen to both, but I don't want to just regurgitate what I said the other night for the people that have listened to both. You got like I like you said, you guys talked about it. I talked about it. Like, there's plenty of conversation out there. Um, Jeff said we're on the same team, Dave. That's right. <laughs> so I don't uh I don't really need to talk about the can. I I just didn't know if there was anything you, you didn't get to or you wanted to add that you haven't added or anything of that nature. Uh no. No, I think okay. I, I think I pretty much got it all out. Can you believe it's been a year since the chat with Stokes and Logan? Uh we always do that in the off season. Um we haven't really gotten to it yet just because we're just now getting into the off season and things have been bananas around here <laughs> for weeks where yeah, we, we haven't, we, we need to save some things for uh, June, the, the summer. Yeah. You don't want to schedule guests when like we had that with Brady a couple of weeks ago, right? Like Brady came on and did an hour and then we had two hours of show to do. Uh, because of everything that was happening. So we ended up with a two-hour and 50-minute show. Um, we talked about this a little on the nightcap the other night, Dave. I'll, I'll throw this one to you. How many Bearcats drafted in 23, uh, and who do you think they will be? I set the over at 4.5, and as we discussed it, I raised it to 5.5. Okay. So these are going to be – Nope, no, you didn't. You started at 3.5. Okay, 3.5 and moved it to 4.5. Okay. So, guys that I think could possibly get drafted dependent on the type of season they have would be Josh and Lenny. Right. I think that's pretty pretty standard. Um, Mets. Um, I, right now, I think I would stop there. I think you've got a chance for some of a couple of the defensive linemen that, between the trio of Jabari, Malik, and and, right. and 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 Briggs. Just because, as we saw, man, defensive line is is not always the most. Uh, deep position especially interior type guys i think all three of those guys eventually would be briggs probably a nose tackle the other two probably three techs right like oh no briggs is probably a three you think i mean yeah nfl nose tackles are like six three to six five three three thirty but no Um, i mean could they sure but like if we're asking me right now I'd have to see like a Curtis Brooks type senior year. 
or la- whatever last year. Okay, right? well, it's your job. The, the 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 job of this is to project who might have. Why those would type have projected him to have that type of a year at this point last year? Would you have projected so, Cook based coming off of his? Well, no, because he played uh, like he played like one peach. game. Yeah, but he played. He was awesome in the Peach Bowl yeah. against Georgia. There's no way I would have said that. Oh yeah, he's definitely getting drafted in in May of last year. You would have put him on the list of guys that had a chance coming yes, off. Yes, of I would what have said. Did. Yeah, like let me see. What okay, well, give me that list. <laughs> Jawan Briggs. Uh, I think Jabari's got a shot. Maybe, maybe. Um, I think that's probably it. You don't think Hicks has got a shot? No, not right now. I mean, he kind of like, I just need to see more of like a playmaking. He had the the huge year a couple years ago where he, you know, c- caused a ton of turnovers, had five interceptions, and it's kind of, it's kind of leveled off. You know, that could be because of any number of things. Um, but yeah, just need to see, you know, more cut, co- more. Yeah, watch him more closely in coverage. See more of a more production. Arquan, yeah. he's got a lot of tape. Yeah, well, his <laughs> will his combine medicals right <laughs> allow him to get drafted. <laughs> right. <laughs> they All just right, bring so that. Got... They just they just bring the chainsaw out to cut the toe off right in Indianapolis. So if if the, if the number's four point five, you're going under. Right now, I would. I, I mean, I think oh, going over means five, and I'm struggling to see like five surefire. I look at him right now and go, "Oh yeah, definitely think that guy's getting drafted." Have I been to Nomad in Bellevue? No, we we don't make it down there a lot anymore since we moved out to Independence. Um, and when we go, it's generally Galactic, uh, and then Snyder's after we leave Galactic. Uh, top five food spots on the AAU circuit. Oof. Um, I mean, obviously, Oli's Pizza in Fort Wayne. Um, the other big one for me that's in the top two isn't really on the AAU circuit. It's kind of in between. Uh, but I always find a way to drive through Asheville and get uh, Biscuit Head uh, at some point in time during the summer. Whatever it takes. Uh, I'll spend the night in Asheville, wake up in the morning. And and get biscuit head. We're going. We're going to Asheville in um, over Labor Day weekend. Are you getting biscuit head? Of course. Okay. Uh, Are you getting a flight of gravy? I don't. I don't know. It's we're so far away from that. I have not. Okay. But uh, I rec. I highly recommend the flight of gravy. The Pace brothers will be eligible for the draft. I do not anticipate them entering the draft. Never know with Deshaun. He well, gets you never know. Hundred tackle I, I, season playing half <laughs> half the snaps. Yeah, you linebacker entering the draft early, not something I would advise. Right. Unless you're just like an absolute dude. Uh, Ed's question: Are they going to draft anyone with leadership degrees? Are you eligible for the draft, Ed? Do you have your 30, 60, 90 day plan ready to go? <laughs> What year is Co? He's got two years left. I don't know what year that makes you anymore. <laughs> it means you're eligible for the draft if you want right. to draft. Um, 
Like Who do you see in the new Big 12 top four year in and year out? I, I think this is an interesting one. Um, I think I know three that I would feel confident with. Okay. Do uh, you think we'll have the same three? Cincinnati. Okay, one. Baylor. Two. Oklahoma State. Correct. I'm correct because I have the same opinion as you. Cool. <laughs> no, I, I think those that are the, we had the same. We have the same three. Okay. Three. I, I think those are the three that make the most logical sense. And I, BYU will be good uh, in cycles. They'll cycle through having good teams. And, BYU and, is just too – it's too hard to say that they'll be consistently good because of how they have to recruit and uh, the mission that the guys have to take. Right. Um, I think they'll be good. I think it'll set, certainly help them. Yeah, I think every two or three years, you'll see them as like okay. a contender for the conference championship game. So who's your fourth? I have mine. I don't... I don't trust Houston and UCF enough. Mine would be Houston over anybody in the current Big 12. I would say TCU if they had a different coach. Yeah. I'm not Sonny Dykes doesn't doesn't like, do a whole TCU lot. TCU's fans got got some got some uh you know things coming to them when they realize how charming that team's gonna be. Right. I, I everyone mean, else just still has heart really I mean, even with Texas and Oklahoma gone, everybody else still has headwinds when it comes to recruiting. What do you think like, about Texas Tech with this high school coach that's like mopping it up down there? Consist I mean, I guess could they be good? Sure. Could they are they gonna be consistently good? Like everybody's still gonna be recruiting Texas. Like that's not changing. They're still it's not like they're gonna be getting a bunch of better players than they are already getting. Yeah. I mean, I guess you wonder, like, is there a um I mean, they're kind of like in the bottom third of the league to begin with. So are they just going to move up? Would they just move up to kind of the middle? Well, you're going to have 12. Are they going to jump all the way up to like a top four just because Oklahoma and Texas are gone? I just don't know who I feel comfortable with saying is fourth. I, I would not say Iowa State. That is a no. total. That is a total Matt Campbell manufactured job. The second he leaves, that you know, albeit I mean they could hire another Matt Campbell, who knows? But like, if they don't hit a home run on their next hire, that place is right down the tubes. Yeah, I mean they've never been good. They were supposed to be awesome this year, and they went seven and five. Do you have any faith in Kansas State? It's just a hard deal. You have to do it. I mean they're they're doing it the way they have to. I mean, Chris Kleiman knows how to do it the way that Bill Snyder did. Um, but again, like consistent. I, I, you know, I think you're going to have what what's going to be fun and cool about it is I think at least initially you're going to have, and this probably isn't accurate, but you're going to have probably like seven, eight, nine teams who think like we can win this conference. 
Now, yeah. in reality, it's probably like three, four, or five. But there's not gonna be. It's not like Oklahoma winning six years in a we you know however many years in a row they were right. winning. Well, here's what I'd say. I'd say I feel comfortable most years Cincinnati, Baylor, and Oklahoma State are going to be in the top three. And then I think there's going to be a revolving door of whoever's on that up year that's going to push up into to the and top And there'll be, they'll be dips by I, – I imagine they'll be sure. dips by almost everybody. But, like, yeah. I think it's fair to – once we get in there and see what it – you know, see what it is, see what a year of playing at – you know, going at Oklahoma State, at Baylor, back-to-back instead of at Tulane, at Tulsa back-to-back is is a little bit different. I know we all have been riding high for the last several years. And, you know, this is a Bearcats podcast, but it is going to be different. How much different? I, you know, we can't say until we get in there, but there's just no two ways around it to me. Like, you know, as good as UC is recruiting, Oklahoma State is perennially recruiting at like a top 15 to 20 class level. Baylor, similarly. Right. So, like, you you go on these road trips or you end up having a conference schedule where you have road games at all the other best teams. You know, you might have a, a rough year, depending on what you have. So it's uh Yeah. Kathy just taking shots at our lack of decor. Piss off, Kathy. <laughs> Banner. Um top four in basketball. Oh buddy. Kansas, buddy. (laughs) Baylor did just win a championship and then bounced back really well after losing a large majority of their championship team. Texas Tech, I think, I think showed that they're still they're still going to be a factor. I still got some juice. I mean, you have to say Houston right now, right? Houston for sure. I think Kansas State will see a bump with their new coach. Who was, I was a big Jerome Tang guy. Quietly had search. some chatter with the UC job. Yeah, he he wanted the UC job, like he had his eye on it, but I think it never really got to that point because uh, John Cunningham had really zeroed in on West Miller. Yeah, but Jerome Tang, I had I had people connected Jerome Tang reaching out to me like, hey, can you get me some juice on this bad boy? Like, can you can you help out? Yeah, Todd, you're right there with us. Baylor, Kansas, Houston, Texas Tech. I think that's the, 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 from the jump. I mean, God, the basketball element of it is just like even the middle. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State, like the middle is still – I mean, you're going to have some back-to-back roadies. Oh, there's like, here's the problem. There is no middle. There's a top – like there's no bottom. There's a top right. and a middle. Well, it's going to be like you know what it's going to be like. It's going to be like the the Big East when they put eleven teams yeah. in the tournament. No, well, but there was a bottom. Well, there's going to be a bottom here too. USF was dreadful. DePaul was dreadful. We just don't want to be in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I just. But who's who's the bottom? UCF. Yeah, West Virginia. As long as they keep hugs. 
He's had a couple ups, though. What, recently? Yeah, with McBride, they were really good. Like two years ago. Oh, I guess I don't remember the deep NCAA tournament run with that team. I don't know that they had a deep NCAA tournament <laughs> run, but they were up in the middle to top half of the conference. But it will be a, like, you're just looking to have a, try to have a winning week. Like, yeah. hey, did we go 2-0 this week? Okay, let's let's take a small breath and then it's, see, it's see what, what... It, it's exactly what Mick used to say about the old Big East. You are seven days away from a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Seven days away. That's all it takes. Uh, what's it take before Nippert expansion is serious talk? I don't see it. I don't see it. It's, it's not happening. Everybody it's, is downsizing. Like what bigger is not better right what now. What it takes is all of those suites that you see being sold out every single game for several years in a row. And a consistent waiting list for more suites. They are not going they're to, not building general seating. Yeah. They're not they're not adding twenty-five, you know, twenty-five dollar, fifty dollar, hundred dollar game seats. Nope. The cost of construction does not does not bring you the return on that type of a ticket anymore. Now you might see an expansion in luxury seating in some way, shape, or form down the road, but still, again, guys, we are how many years removed from a senior night? To win the conference against Temple, that had how many people there? There, there's still people to this day that didn't think that was an issue for the head coach. Yeah, well, it's also an issue for the athletic director because he's going to go. Why would we spend the money to expand the stadium that three years ago we couldn't come? Like you have to have Mark. You have to tear down an entire functional, productive building to build up in the north end zone. The Bearcat layer section. You're just going to tear down that that food hall that's right there? (laughs) I don't think that that's going to happen, my friend. Yeah, it's not happening. There's no chance that's happening. Where is their money more – where does their money go the furthest? It does not go the furthest expanding a stadium. It goes the furthest – Enhancing the stadium, making it right a luxury experience for the people that want that, making it a great college football experience for the people that want that. It goes to building a $70 million practice facility. It goes to enhancing things for all the other sports. Like adding 5,000 or 10,000 seats to the stadium – General admission. Is literally the worst investment they could make right now to the athletic department. Right. It's catching money on fire. Right? Yes, absolutely. Like, I know for as from a Tennessee fan, like, we've taken out general admission seats to put in more premium seating. Right. That's where this is going. That is what people want. That You have to... You have to give them a reason to leave their house and come to your game <laughs> right. in November when it's 35 degrees and raining sideways 
And the way to do that is not by sticking them up in an upper deck somewhere in on a bench seat in a super old but cool college football stadium. It just doesn't make sense anymore. It, that's just, it's just the exact opposite path that sports yes. are heading. And I can say that because I've had, uh, I guess, what you would call firsthand conversations regarding the subject. Yes. <laughs> that's safe to say. It just, I don't know. Like, people have to see that and understand that now that. The, the home product is so good that it doesn't make any sense spending a massive amount of money to, com- to compete with that with bad seats, right? Because that's what you're selling people. That's what you're building. You're building worse seats than are already at the stadium, right? Yes. And you're, and you're saying you're going to do this when demand has not exceeded supply. Like there is not one person that if they want a season ticket, can't get one right now. Right. I think there's now a waiting list. Well, but you could still get a season tickets for something. It might, you know, it's not like there's none available. It might not be in the exact place or the exact price point you want. But if you want a season ticket, you can get one. You're building seats on top of where? The north end zone? Nobody wants premium seats in an end zone. Like maybe you could do field level seats, suites where the the locker room is, like I see in there. Um, Well, they're definitely thinking about ways to enhance the experience on that side of things. Premium seating, yeah. Yeah, or just – or. Or just interesting things like, you know, we've I've even talked to them about like in the cutout areas, like a raised platform type thing. I mean, they are definitely looking at all avenues to raise revenue. But like we've said, you're not raising revenue by putting in 5,000 bench seats. I mean... Those 5,000 bench seats would be, what, a $100 or $200 season ticket? And it would cost $50 million. Let's just say it's a $200 season ticket. Jeff is in the majority here. Full family, much prefers basement and 85-inch 4K TV experience. Yeah. You're talking a a million dollars if you sold 5,000 season tickets at 200 bucks right that doesn't even seem for a 50 60 million dollar bill yeah you know the cost it would to in this stadium in this campus what they would what the cost would be to just add those seats they'd be paying for it in 2070 they still might be paying for the linder center and the renovation in 2070 right uh, and the, I mean, the, the labor shortage isn't going to last forever. So I'm not like, yeah, that's part of it now. But 
we're talking long term here. Like, it's sad that we don't consistently sell out. I mean, it is a sign of what we're talking about. People don't want to go to games anymore. They want to stay at home, hang out in their driveway, and drink with their buddies before the game, and then go inside and watch the game on their 85-inch television. You get the tailgate experience at home. Everybody grills out. Everybody's got a pellet smoker or, you know, so, something that, that can handle the, the tailgate experience. You go inside, you watch the game, you get your beers. They're not $5. You don't have to wait for a line in line to piss. Like, I think I think Jason hit it. Just keep enhancing and improving correct. the experience. And they're, they are doing that absolutely trying and thinking of ways and even in season like the things that they this last year that didn't go well the first game that were quickly remedied and the things that I have been told that I cannot speak upon or else I will have my head chopped off um there are definitely going to be new things at games this year new tailgate opportunities new in-game opportunities like that's the thing is like you you want you want the people that go wherever they sit to have a great time and then if they're not a season ticket holder they go they don't think about the things that are the problems with the stadium or are the problems with the camp like they just think they had a great time and they saw a winning team so they don't care that the traffic is kind of a pain and parking sucks and the so. parking is kind of a you know none of that gets fixed expanding the stadium like you have to make your experience like awesome and that's how you get more people to come and that's how you make more money is because you have these elements like the truly rooftop which is totally taken off is sold out like more things like that more things like the grid enhancing the grid like all these, all these things are being discussed, and you know, no idea is a bad idea. Um, they believe me; they take them all into consideration. If they had premium seats, they can redo Shank Pavilion. Yeah, redo Shank Pavilion with fewer general admission seats because they added premium seating. You're now reducing the number of seats as opposed to adding to the number of seats. Uh, the scoreboard has to be bigger and nipper. The scoreboard's fine. Do you have a problem with the scoreboard, Dave? Well, no, I don't, but I also sit in a good spot. There does, they are trying to figure out a way to have something on the other side. Yes. Yeah. They need a second scoreboard. They don't need to make the one they've got. Here. I mean, we'll just talk about it. Like it's, I'm, this isn't anything crazy. Like it's being discussed because like FCC did it. But the problem is for football, if you put some scoreboard that's big enough for it to matter over on the other side, it would take away a whole ingress egress portion on that side of the stadium. So that, those are the things that you're, and it would shut down one of the gates over on that side of the stadium. So right. those are the problems you have when you have the stadium in the configuration that it's in, and you now have a super popular team like, yeah, they would love to put another board over there, but then what problems does it pose on game day when you have to go to a different gate and you can't walk all the way around on that side of the, on that side of the field. Like, so there are things being discussed. Sound system is being discussed. Internet is being discussed. Like they're all things that they're, 
that they are trying to find answers to. Believe me. When will I get an office in the Linder Center? They can't afford me. <laughs> They've tried to hire me. They've tried to hire me many times. Uh, but I'm finally making money on this thing now. Like, why why would I why would I stop now? Like this thing is finally rolling. This thing is is becoming everything I envisioned it could be. Why would I stop and go work for UC now? Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, the only stadiums that seem to add GA seats are the big, like, and even they're not add, adding GA seats anymore. Those places are already 100, 110,000 seats. Like, they don't need any more. No, it doesn't need to be bigger. It needs to be more modern, more cool, you know, premium, you know. It's all about enhancements. It's not necessarily about numbers anymore. Update on the day one fundraising campaign. Uh, I don't have any. Um, I didn't go to your meeting. Fan my fan council this week. Uh, maybe next month I will uh, ask about that. Uh, I will. I will say this: the number is a lot higher than publicly stated. Anytime I bring new people to the games, they love it. I'm sure they do. Like, I think they've got a good balance right now on, on number attending and experience. Oh, I got, I mean, all my friends that have gone, that I went to the UT with and that have come to UC games, they love it. They're like, you're so close to the field. You can buy beer. It's, you, you walk right to the state, like walk right to the stadium. Like they absolutely love it. The concessions that's offered now, yeah, that's part of a problem. But until Aramark goes away, well, that problem Aramark is Aramark is not going away. But there are there is work on on how the relation like having a dedicated Aramark um, athletics and not necessarily the Aramark school part. Okay. Doing doing both. So that is another thing that's being being worked on. The sound system needs big improvement. I I would agree with that. Yes. Uh, again, the next time someone says something that needs improved that we haven't discussed with them will be the first. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, we enjoy that when it's my wife and I. We enjoy the tailgate going to the game in person, but with three kids. Yeah, you got like with three kids. That's that's difficult. That's why you don't have three kids. Yeah, that's on you, Jeff. <laughs> like, you you could have solved that problem, right? Um, happy Cinco de Mayo. Anyone have Mexican today? No, I had I had Rafferty's. I had a, a anybody ever had the club from Rafferty's? It's delicious. I have that. Bill Rafferty's. No, just Rafferty's. Um, really, it, it's a. It, there used to be one up in Cincinnati. I think there was one in Tri County. Maybe it's a. It's it's from it's it's a chain, but it's based out of Bowling Green. It's kind of small. They have a really good club sandwich and French fries. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes. Ah. Um. It took Jeff a while to figure out how to stop that from happening. Uh that's. Again, we're back to you problems, Jeff. <laughs> we're, we're back to you problems. No, uh, let's experience retention, not a not a uh, <laughs> high point there. Vasectomy, bag of peas, NCAA tournament. Like 
the 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 blueprint is out there. Do they allow you to do that on the the police force? It's called self discipline. Yeah, come on, but sex is fun. Whatever. <laughs> um, he's Catholic. Pull and pray. That's probably what got him into this mess. Yeah, that's a that's a bad birth control method. The band needs to be tidy to reconnect the student section. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the band right in the middle of the student section. Like I like them off to the one side of the student section. So you had like the full student section. Um, yeah, Jeff just shrugs his shoulders. That's right. What are your thoughts on the band in the middle of the student section, Dave? I have no thoughts. No thoughts. Doesn't matter to you. Not one bit where they're located. Yeah. I just would prefer, like, I remember those games where it was just one solid, like, mass of students in the end zone. I think it loses a tiny bit of luster with the band in the middle, especially in the beginning of the game, because the band has to be on the field, like, doing their pregame stuff. And it doesn't look like, like, those games at Nip at Night, where, like, you know, you come out. 45 minutes before kickoff and the student sections actually absolutely packed to the gills. Like I prefer that. Um, What non-conference team will you see play regularly? Miami. Miami. I I know people don't love it. (laughs) And and look, there's a lot of conversation on this today. My understanding is with a nine game conference schedule, the ideal setup will be FCS Miami power five. Yes. These these people thinking that we're going to play, that they're going to play two power fives and the big 12. No. Why Why would you do that? Why would you? It's like when, it's like when I see these schedules of like South Carolina, who has to play the SEC, then plays Clemson. But then also decides, like, yeah, let's also play, like, App State and East Carolina. Like, why would you do that? You're just asking – you're just asking to have a bad year? Right. Like, like you, no. you get started one and two because you played two good Power 5 teams that, that you know, that now, won. Personally, I would much rather just <clears throat> play other MAC schools. Um Right, but have, the setup financially with Miami is ideal for UC. Yes, yes, it is. That's think, really what it comes down to, right? Right. Um, yeah, and you're going to, you know, if you play nine conference games, which, I mean, so you're going to play every other, you're going to get five conference home games. Then you're going to get an FCS game. So that's, they just, whatever they do, needs to maximize the number of times they have seven home games. Correct. You're going to get some years four, some years five. Right. So in the in four the in the in the years that you have four four conference home games. You need Miami at home. You need you know, the FCS. And Miami that and, gets you to you six. Know, right. And you have to some of those years maybe you do get to seven, but like, you have to be at seven more times than you're at six. Um, basketball non-conference schedule. 
no updates on teams yet. They're still in the early stages on a lot of that. I am not for this year expecting anything uh, marquee more than what they already have. Maui is a bloodbath. Oh, did you, did look you, at the teams that are at Maui. Did you see the field for next year? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh my god. Worse than this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, Dave's question. I'd rather play NTSU than FCS. I agree from a competition standpoint. Would you rather pay $700,000 more? Because an FCS is going to run you three hundred dollars to three hundred fifty dollars and MTSU is going to run you nine hundred dollars to $1.1 $1. $1 Next year, Maui Invitational. Gonzaga, Kansas. Who? Is that bad? Is that bad? <laughs> Marquette, Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee, UCLA, Chaminade. Yeah, I don't want any part of that field. Well, I mean, this one ain't much more forgiving than the, than the next one. No, but you you could you have Gonzaga, UCLA, Tennessee, and Kansas, like, and Purdue, like all those teams are Sweet Sixteen pretty much like every year right now. Okay, Arkansas. Moss has got that kind of humming. Yep. Arizona. One seed, two we'll, seed type we'll, team. We'll see. They still are going to have a great roster. Oh, right. Creighton. There's people talking about putting them at number one. What? Right really? now. Yeah. They return almost everybody from a really good team and, and made some key additions. Louisville. Eh, eh. We'll see. Ohio State, man, they're in an interesting spot. My, my buddy is like my buddy that's like a huge Buckeyes fan for everything, but he's like he's out on Holtman. On Holtman, yeah, I know like, a lot of their fans are. I think he's a great coach. I think it's a mistake to be out on him, but they lost like I think seventy percent of their roster. Well, I think he's out on him because he's like he just can't they just can't get the dudes. Yeah, he's struggling to get the dudes at Ohio State, which isn't a great sign. San Diego State, while they're not a power, are always a pain in the ass. Like, they're kind of Cincinnati under Mick, right? You know they're going to play great defense. They're, they're, they're good. I just don't know anything about, you know, about them. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Even if you don't know anything about them, they're going to be a great defensive team that's going to sucker you into a rock fight and potentially beat you 55 to 52. I guess this year just doesn't have, like, the – and the Texas pop, Tech, which the pop is for, oh yeah, but the pop from like a headliner name. I mean, when you say Kansas, yeah. Gonzaga, UCLA, you're like, oh damn, that's oh for sure, for sure. But still there are very, still has very one, very two, good good teams in in this year. Three, four. There's four Final Four contender like rosters in that. Yeah, Mountain I mean, field. it's the Mount Invitational. It's not going to have a bad field, right? So you're going to have three elite games there, plus no no Shamanad. Chaminade's right. only in every other year. Every now. other. So uh, Louisville is kind of the Chaminade of Maui <laughs> this year. Well, they they probably say say that about UC. Cincinnati, right. I know. That's why I had to get that shot off. Um, but I mean, you're looking at you're you're looking at three losable games, no matter what the draw is. For sure. Um, and then Xavier. And then I think you try to find as many 
mid-major teams that you think are going to finish at the top of their conference or near the top of their conference that you can get to come to Fifth Third Arena to fill out the rest of the home schedule. Because you're going to have to go to uh, NKU this year. And I believe they go to Texas Southern. I think that was a, a home and home deal from last year. Um, it's like an HB, HBCU thing where teams are trying to go like play HBCUs yeah. and help out on that, that front. Um, but then I think Bryant is a name we've already heard that's going to come to, uh, to fifth third arena. Uh, Miami will make a return trip with Travis Steele. I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome. Uh, yeah, Brent will, Brent will definitely be in Maui. How could he not have a wedding to go to in Maui that weekend? Um, spend, just spend Thanksgiving in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Miami is on schedule. Uh, NKU should be decent. I agree. They have quite a bit back. Um, yeah, Kentucky, like, th- what incentive do they have? They generally play in the Champions Classic. They play in one more, like, marquee event plus an uh, a, an MTE and then Louisville. Like, they have no opening on their schedule to play Kentucky talking or Cincinnati. Uh, okay, well, then, yeah, they play nine SEC games in Louisville. In Louisville, right. They're never, there are eight SEC games in Louisville. It's the same thing I just said about, like, South Carolina. You already played the SEC and Clemson. Why are you playing anybody else? What that you class? might lose to. Right. Why would you do that to yourself? Like, play a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. That's the SEC, like, that's the secret to the SEC. Schedule as many wins as you can get. Yeah, I mean, you win that. Yeah, you win four games in league, and you beat your homecoming game and your FCS team, and you go to a bowl every year. Right. For all the people on YouTube, if you'd like, you can now join and support Bearcat Journal. You can become a member. Uh, it's right underneath your, your screen here. You see a join uh, logo or icon right underneath your screen if you're on desktop. Uh, or you can donate. If you got questions, you're firing questions at us, you want to make sure your question gets asked right underneath the chat. There's a dollar sign. Uh, you can donate uh, directly to BCJ and help uh, us pay Aaron uh, so that he and his his unborn child can eat. Um, you want to let's timestamp the, the the football portion of this because I think we've done mostly football. Here over the past like like forty five minutes, uh, so let's timestamp the the chat. We're doing a live chat version of the the BCJ podcast tonight. The football portion is timestamped by Urban Artifact. Urban Artifact wants to know: Are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer; they make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Tap Room, mention Bearcat Journal, get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Basketball. Thank you, Todd. There we go. Todd Cunningham, member on YouTube. Appreciate that, my friend. SEC Week 11 SCS game. Yep, that's that's how the SEC does it. They, they schedule their rivalry games Week 12, Week 11. They play a chump. 
let's do basketball. You got basketball questions? Fire them away. Let's let's get some basketball. Dave, are you more now that the roster is set? Now that Landers Nolly is in. Now that Rayvon Griffith has committed for 2023, have you moved past kind of the apathy that you, the, the malaise <laughs> that you struggled through in basketball? Uh, not yet because it's May, but I'm definitely sure. m- more, you know, more uh, encouraged for for the upcoming season. I think the pieces, um, I think, fit together better. I think they uh, should take some steps in in some key areas. And they shouldn't you know. be dreadful on offense. No, I don't think and, they're going to be like a juggernaut on offense by any stretch. But they at least should be passable on offense this year. Yeah, and I think they'll, you know, and you make some improvements on the defensive end, too. Yeah, Especially from, like, a a rebounding perspective, I think, was was an issue. Yeah. Well, it's also really good. They're really difficult to be good at rebounding when your rebounding problem is that you can't make any shots. Like, generally, a good offensive rebounding team is, like, 35 40%. When you're missing 50 shots a game, you're going to be bad. The numbers are going to be bad rebounding. Like, unless your team design is like Houston, throw it up and go get it. Like, you're going to be bad. Um, let's get to some questions. Do you think they will build a basketball-only practice facility? Eventually, I think they will. I think, you know, obviously right now, uh, football indoor practice facility is number one on the list. I think there are improvements that can and need to be made uh, because of an AD that was short-sighted on the locker room situation. Um, I think there needs to be improvements made to the locker room. Um, But I think eventually a practice facility will be on the docket. Uh, does you see have a strong debate for second place in the conference this year? Uh, I, first, we need to see what everybody's roster looks like. But I, I don't know right now behind Houston. Like who like, has a, who has a squad? Right besides, besides like, us in Houston. Like Kendrick you, Kendrick Kendrick Davis left left SMU and went to Memphis. If you had to roll the balls out tomorrow, like how many dudes are at Wichita right now? Yeah, I think they're gonna. From what I've heard, they're putting a uh, not surprising with a billion billionaire donors. They're putting an NIL collective together to keep some of those guys around. Um, but, but they that good to begin with, <laughs> right? And the guy that is good isn't going to be one of those guys staying around, right? So you got to be worried if you're Wichita State. Um, I don't think SMU is going to be any good. Memphis lost most everybody. Tulane, like this might be the answer, right? Like I do. Tulane might yeah. be top three this I year. I just thought of something that is an interesting topic to me, at least. Like 
Do you think Wichita State regrets leaving the Missouri yeah. Valley? Yep. I think there's a lot to be said for being the big fish in a small pond in basketball. Everybody they went, gets they in. Went like, a, they went to the final four. They they dominated or lead, recruiting. Or lead eight or whatever. I mean, it, they... They dominated recruiting. They had the best coach. Like, they checked every box in terms of they were going to be in position. They, were, they weren't they were as good as Gonzaga, but they were also in a much better conference than Gonzaga. So they were going to get enough wins in conference that were going to help them. Like, they, you know, maybe not top 30 wins, but top 75 wins from the Valley that they were going to get. Like... I don't know. Like Loyola has been at Loyola is the new Wichita, right? Yeah. They stepped up into that spot in the Valley. Like there is a, a spot available in the in the Valley to do that. I don't, I mean, they're making more money, but how important was money to them? They had the Cook brothers that you, you think they did, they had a problem when Wichita came to them was like, we need, 30 million for something? No, they wrote the check. Those those two, well, their their families. Uh they got 30 million in couch cushions. Yeah, right. Uh when does the final word on Nolly being able to play this year come down when when he finds out if he graduated? I I don't have a specific like I don't know that like detailed answer. If he graduates, he's good. If he doesn't graduate, he's got to take a summer class. That's my understanding. Um, one year after the basketball staff being finalized, any rumblings on staff changes? Uh, I, I no. At this point, I think Mike Roberts, Andre Morgan, Chad Dollar will be here in 2022-23. Yeah, um, I mean, you're, you've you've started AAU, so you're oh, oh, there's not really any more staff movement in the sport at this point, right? Not really. I mean, there's still some some guys that need like a spot or two on their staff or whatever filled, but for the most part, that carousel is is done. I think those I think it's those guys are really enjoying working with Wes Miller. Like I think you know, Wes is a, a guy that's very challenging and pushes people and, and demands a lot, but I think he's really easy to work for. Like I think people enjoy knowing where they stand having a coach that's like straight up with them like yeah he expects you to work but he's he's not an asshole about it so um i think the staff is pretty happy uh well places like frisch's return to the shoe missed them and taste of belgium this past season i don't think so that is i did not attend a game last year this is news to me apparently the the how much it costs to be there and how much was being made in return? The, 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 uh, the payroll did not match the revenue. <laughs> so you're, what you're saying is that they're uh, reallocating. They're reallocating resources. <laughs> to, to, uh, in, to, line, to align with their, their resources. Their, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think it was, I don't think it was well thought out. Um, I think potentially for that to change, there's going to be some, to need to be some changes in, in the structure of how that all worked. Uh, we're not, come on, man. 
We're not getting into that. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. A lot of rankings for in-state 2023, guys. How would I rank the top four basketball players in the state for 2023? I know my top three. Some people probably might not be thrilled with this. I think I would have Devin Royal slightly above Rayvon Griffith at number one. Boo. This is strictly on, look, I don't care about when I do something like this. I don't care about NBA, right? I don't care about career. I'm talking about where I see college impact right now. Um, Physically, Devin Royal is more ready to impact a college game than Rayvon Griffith. And that's not a knock on Rayvon, because I think Rayvon is also ready to have a great impact on a college game. But Devin Royal is one of those like three, four combo forwards um, that you know in college is going to, like he's going to average eight, nine, ten points a game as a freshman and go up from there. He's got a refined game. He's got big shoulders. He's broad. He's physical. Like he knows how to score. He knows angles off the glass. He knows how to, you know, put defenders in bad position. I think I would have Devin Royal slightly, slightly ahead of Rayvon. Rayvon, uh, an easy number two, way ahead of number three. Um, Rayvon, because of how much more developed his jump shot is than it was at this time last year, is now becoming a serious like three and D six, seven, six, 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 seven type wing prospect, right? Like there's always going to be room in the NBA for a six, seven guy that can defend and shoot threes. Those guys are going to play in the NBA forever, <laughs> right? Like there's no question about that. There's always a spot for those dudes. And I think Rayvon is developing into that. Like I've talked about a ton He's shown me a ton as a passer this spring, um, which is, I, I think, in in relation to stepping up the guys, the level of competition or the level of, like, teammate he has, where he can count on, if I throw this pass, you're going to hit the shot. Um, so Rayvon is, is number two, absolutely. Very close to Royal. And, and that ranking could honestly change this summer. We'll see. Like, that's just kind of where I see it right now. Um, number three would be Dalen Swain, but I think Dalen Swain's in a tough spot. Dalen Swain's 16 years old. He's long. He's a good 6'8", probably 6'7", and 6'8". He can handle the ball, but I don't know how much dog he has in him. Like, I don't know... When he, when he really locks it in and goes after people, he's pretty good. But he coasts a lot, and he takes a lot of plays off, and I wonder if the kid needs maybe a prep year I mean, after yeah, his senior year. 16 is a lot. You can't can ask still, a kid to come at 17 to come in and play in the Big 12. A lot can still happen. No, no. but uh, That's unfair to the kid more than anything. No, I agree. Number like playing is, against. I mean, look, you're, you're going to be playing against – 22, maybe 23-year-old guys. Right. 
Uh, number four is really tough. I, I don't like, um, damn it, his name just completely. Uh, the point guard. Actually, I'd pro- number four, I'd probably go uh, Gabe Cubs, who's the, the point guard headed to Indiana. I still have some questions on he's maybe 5'10". Like as a 5'10 point guard, how does that work in the in a, in a, league, a physical league like the Big Ten? But the kid knows how to run a team. He's tough. He wins. He won state. He wins AAU championships pretty much every weekend. Um, I, I, I would give him number four. Uh, Austin Parks, woof. <laughs> keep an eye, keep an eye Sorry. on the transfer portal next year. Sorry, Mister and Mrs. Parks. He he's not had a good spring or summer. He's where not. Is he, had a where good is he going? Ohio State. Oh. Um, is the other kid from Centerville that's going to FSU? Is he any good? He's a 2022, right? Maybe I don't know. I just I know they got. I, mean, they have... I don't. I don't think so. I, he yeah. didn't do much for me. Um, I look. There's nobody that loves that man more than me. <laughs> I love him. He's phenomenal. Uh, Wes Miller's too fine to be single. Thanks, Chelsea. I appreciate. Or that's either Chelsea or that's... uh, I I won't give it away. That's one of two people. Um, Do I think Griffith will be eventually be in the NBA? He's got a chance. Like I said, he's 6'7". He can shoot. He's good from the mid-range. If he he really becomes an outstanding defender... And can be a three and D guy, he's absolutely got a chance. Uh, Tyler McKinley, five star potential. I, his height and length and explosion off the floor worries me in terms of like, does he make the jump from top 50 to top 25? Right? Because those guys in the top 25 have elite traits. Right. And you have guys. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to what's happened uh, in this business that I'm in these guys are trying to prove how smart they are. Right. Dave Tellup works for the San Antonio Spurs. Evan Daniels is on the high end of uh, representing coaches in the, as an agent, Brian Snow's on staff at Penn state. Like Josh Gershon is, is in the NBA. Like Corey Evans is in the NBA. These guys are trying to uh, show how smart they are, (laughs) not only for the job they have, but for the job they might have. And to do that, you're projecting a lot more than how good is this kid going to be in his two years in college, right? You want to say, look, I had that kid ranked way higher than everybody else, and now he's an NBA starter in the playoffs. Like, this business has changed I don't think people realize that side of it, right? Like, there's when I was young and into like just getting into this, there was nothing I loved more than hanging out at a game and soaking up knowledge from Dave Teller. You know who agreed with me? Greg Popovich <laughs> and hired him to come to San Antonio and work for a long time. Like, um, so 
with McKinley, as that relates to McKinley, he's not explosive off the floor and he doesn't have great length, but he has great instincts and skill. And I think as a college player, he'll probably be worthy of being a five-star kid. But anymore, you don't get rated a five-star right. because that's of your not, college potential. That's not how they rate you. Right. They rate, they you, rate on, you on when you're going to be drafted. Are you a lottery yeah, pick? NBA. And same, I mean, it's the same thing with, with football. Sure, they're look, sure. They're looking at not just – what you what they project you to do in college, what they project you to do beyond that. And guess what? A lot of these guys that uh, that have worked in these jobs, ranking and scouting players, are now moving on to be the directors of recruiting at, at college schools. So, kind of the same thing. Uh, I could see Landers getting into the NBA. Nab, I don't know what the Nab is. Is that New Zealand, New Zealand Association of Basketball? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Landers Nolly is 6'7 and can shoot, right? And he can defend. There's absolutely a place for Landers Nolly. Now, might he have to be a second round, like, earn it guy? Sure. But there's absolutely a place for him in the NBA, especially if he has a great season. Remember, first team, all freshman, ACC. Remember, first team American Athletic All-Conference in his first year at Memphis. Those two things are pretty good, right? He had a little bit of a down year last year because of the, the Imani Bates, Jalen Duran situation. Is Bates going to end up at Louisville? I think so. I n- No fucking clue, Jason. I don't work in that department. <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to say who you are if you're not Chelsea. I, I think I know who you are. Who is my favorite UC president and athletic director ever? I mean, I don't really have, have a I don't, favorite. I don't really know any. Like, I've interacted with the presidents. I don't really know any. Of if presidents. I had to pick a favorite, is this, are we talking about like personally? Are we talking about what they did for the university? Like, I mean, Bob Goin. Bob Goin. Yeah, I mean, he changed the direction. Of right. That's. I mean, that's, I think that's the only answer. Presidents, I couldn't tell you who any presidents besides Neville Pinto and Santa Ono were. Right. So I. I sorry, I can't ask answer that one. Uh, twenty twenty two and state top four. I I don't have one. I, I wasn't something that really. Tip the scale for me. Uh, Pinto was great. Pinto's been great. Like, I, I really, I appreciate that Pinto appreciates sports, right? Like. Yeah, he sees their value. Right. Todd, get out. Get out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. Everybody wants to know, like, everybody wants to ask me, does this mean Isaiah's call, Isaiah Collier's coming to UC? I not have by no any, idea. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I have no idea. There's so many twists and turns left in his recruitment. He's so good. There's so many major universities involved. 
I have no idea. Do I think UC has done everything humanly possible to this point to be right there at the top of the list? Yes. Does that mean they're getting him? I have no clue. Like, we're not in the home stretch on Isaiah Collier's recruitment. So, I don't know. I, I think UC has, has maximized every opportunity. They're actually, like, they are in a position. They have to wait until the reset of the new year, which I think is July 1st. I could be wrong on that. They visited him every time they're allowed to visit him. He came on an official visit. He came on an unofficial visit. Like, they have recruited this hit, this kid as hard as you could possibly recruit anyone. And then when the calendar resets, they will do it again. <laughs> so, it like... There was a poster we'll, for Collier at college game day, for God's sake. It, <laughs> like, will, right. be, it will be for a lack of trying, but... Trying doesn't necessarily, as we talked about at the beginning part of this show, right. trying doesn't necessarily matter anymore. I think it it, does, it has with Collier to where they're at now. To get right? them to where they're at now, absolutely. But yeah. there's a big difference between where they're at now and, and, who, and who he actually and getting plays him to for. put the hat on. Yeah, who he actually got to get him to put the hat on. Who he laces up for? They've done a phenomenal job on the kid. Like, if I had to pick a leader right now, it would probably Cincinnati. If there's anybody I'm worried, like, the, the, the three teams I'm worried about. Alabama, Auburn, because Alabama and Auburn. And Michigan. Juwan Howard was at every game the second evaluation period. And when it's, it's, it's Juwan Howard, Michigan, right? Like, when they start showing up in every game, you know they're giving you one of these. <laughs> right yeah like hey i'm here right so we'll see we'll call your demand nil i, I mean he better why wouldn't he what i'd be i'd be quite upset if i was his father and he wasn't i'd be questioning his intelligence and my desire to want him yeah if he does if he's not looking for what the nil ramifications are wherever he goes aj mcbride a top 100 kid I haven't seen enough yet to say for certain top 100 four-star level. I think he's close. I think the thing with AJ that's more interesting to me is he's definitely one of those guys that fits Wes's run, jump, press, B6, 7, long, athletic, jump out of the gym, be a great athlete. Like AJ fits that role. His dad is a diehard Bearcat, so that makes him a name to, you know, to monitor. A million-dollar recruit? I, I don't have a million dollars, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> right? That's that's how we do this now, right, Dave? Is he a million-dollar recruit? If you have a million dollars and you're willing to give it to him, then, then he yes. is. <laughs> Uh, I heard any sort of timeline on Collier's decision. No. I can't imagine it'll be anytime soon. Uh, there's, sure, there's always a chance. The NBA, there's a lot of money there and you don't have to recruit. But you know, what, would, you know what it would mean if Wes Miller went to the NBA? Things were going pretty damn good. 
the Cincinnati Bearcats are winning a lot of fucking games. Wes Osler strikes me as a as a college dude, though. Personality wise, piss off. <laughs> Uh, whose number would you like to see be retired or in the ring of honor next? I think, I, I think there's two names. Is this a football or basketball names. question? Uh, Ooh, I guess ring of honor is football, right? Or both. I mean, I guess you could call basketball like Jersey retiring or also ring of honor. I mean, yeah, I guess the ring of honor is football. We're in a basketball segment, but the ring of honor is football. Well, if they, um, if they stay with their antiquated, dumb parameters, it will be sauce. First-team All-American. Because you have to be a first-team All-American. Which well, but Mickens was an All-American. It's not up there. Right. But you, I'm just saying, like, you have to be to even be in the consideration. But, no, you don't because Shaq Washington wasn't a first-team All-American. That's true. I thought that was – is that just a basketball thing, then? The basketball thing is national. To have your number retired, you have to be a national player of the year. That is so silly. Yeah. Like, you can rec- like do what North Carolina does. Like, you don't have to retire the number, but why don't you recognize the Raptors, right? all the really good players that you've had that aren't, aren't fucking it's Oscar Robertson it's and Kenny Martin. It's dumber <laughs> like, than shit. You've Here, had here's stuff. my answer. I, I, in order. In order. Danny Fortson. Right? Like, first? First. No, Nick Van Exel. No, Danny Fortson. No, Nick Van Exel. No, Danny Fortson. <laughs> Danny Fortson, if he'd have played his senior year, would have been within breathing distance of Oscar's record. I'm going to look something up real quick. Danny Fordson scored almost 2,000 points in three years. What are you going to look up? Just talk. I want to know what you're going to look up, so I know what to talk about. (laughs) Uh, So, I was looking up to see who Danny Fordson would have been up against for player of the year. As a senior? If he would have stayed, yes. Okay. I think he would have been National Player of the Year as a senior. So Antoine Jameson won National Player of the Year mm-hmm. in what would have been in the 97-98 season, which would have been yeah. his. Danny Fordson was better than Antoine Jameson. As a college player. I don't know what Antoine Jameson did in the NBA. Had a long career. Danny Fortson scored 2,000 points, just under 2,000 points as a three-year player. Yeah. He would have finished with 27, 2,800 points as a Bearcat and been by far and away the second leading scorer in program history. And he rebounded like a monster, took his team to an Elite Eight, Danny Fortson. My choice also took his team to Elite Eight and a Final Four. Okay, then in two, uh, okay. In two years, we'll, we'll we'll put Nick Van Exel second on the list, <laughs> and then the fight becomes for third: Steve Logan or Sean Kilpatrick. Both first ass, team All Americans. Ass rang soul man. 
<laughs> Those are the four guys. Those four guys actually all deserve to be recognized and in some e- way, shape, or form. And even in the more fucking- than even more than them. Like you that's the thing that just drives me crazy. Like you don't have to be like, why do we of, not celebrate our success? Exactly. Like the cutoff shouldn't be like one of greatest college basketball players ever. Like you can be a, an awesome player in the four years that you were at UC and had moments and been instrumental in success. And yeah, maybe you're not even in the top 20 players, like in the school's history, but like, you still carved out a role and are a recognizable player for for when you were there. Like it's just it's insane to me that we like North Carolina of all the places that have had. I mean, I don't know more more NBA draft picks. You know, tons of national championships. Anybody, right. Like they are cool with it, but UC will not put anybody like get yeah, Jason Cripkeeper, Jason Maxiel, exactly. NBA draft pick, longtime NBA player, like, like, and that doesn't even count what he did at UC. But like, I just don't get it. It's uh, I don't understand. Uh, this is a great question. It, it, uh, how many? Uh, how much communication to actually happen between coaches and their schools NIL collective? The stories about collectives offering money to kids coaches don't want is funny. Look, if you're if you're a collective. And you're not in tune with what's hap- actually happening. Oh boy, this is going to get messy, right? Wait, because that's, that's a real thing. Like some sixty-five-year-old pot-bellied booster is offering money to a kid that the, that the coach doesn't want. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have no idea, Dave. I'll t- I'll tell you off screen. Like th- this stuff is crazy. Like there are collectives that are trying to do it the right way. The right way means they don't have any like you know, direct communication with the coach about who is actually being targeted. And also, this is something that changes every day, right? Like, UC was after a kid that they really wanted until the the coach that coaches him now called Cincinnati and said, look, man, you don't want fucking anything to do with this kid. So then the tide changed and now they're on somebody else. And if you're a collective that's not in communication with the head coach, oh boy. That's what I want. I want to watch these people give money to kids that their coach won't even take. That's, I want that to happen. Sorry. Kid just came in before she went to bed. Oh, Take the dogs out. Thank you. Oh, okay. You're such a good child. I know. Thank you, tweet user. Okay. Yeah. Um, Collier's awesome. Like, he's so good. The kid passes at a level that is otherworldly. Um. All right, don't forget. Uh, SK's right below. Look, SK was phenomenal. I mentioned SK, first team All-American. If there's a, a list, SK is on the list. Fortson, Van Axel. Oh, he's Logan, right. He's SK. right. He's right at the top. I mean, sure. 
it's it's all the it's all these guys like i don't think you have to say like this guy's better than this guy like it's a we're we're in a collective agreement that like we don't understand why the cutoff is like national player of the year or nothing we're in a 20 year rut of honoring a player like i don't think you have to and it doesn't have to be retire the jersey or nothing like right. carolina has how many guys numbers in their rafters that other players can still wear that right. jersey number sure um would i put huggins name in the rafters when he's no longer coaching yes we're about to be in a league with bob huggins are you gonna put his name on the wall and have <laughs> that be talked about throughout the entire game probably not every year that you sees in the big 12 and plays bob huggins twice a year no Especially when they play them every year at Fifth Third Arena. And they're going to have to look up and point up to the wall and have the announcers talk about how awesome Bob Huggins was at Cincinnati. He wouldn't piss on UC if UC was on fire. <laughs> uh, I think we're done. Like This has been... We didn't know what we were going to talk about. We actually... This is one of our best shows. Because we had a lot of back and forth. Yes. Uh, here you go. Any thoughts to oh. bring this up at Fan Council? Ring of Honor, like the, the yes, I w- I will absolutely. Okay, I think uh, tentatively, uh, rumor has it we might uh, get a special guest from BD- BDF next month, potentially. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's what I want to know, Dave. Can you lovingly boo someone? I mean, I think so. I think so. Like I think some, you can love boo, you boo someone. Like, with, like ad, a, yeah, with with admiration. Like yeah. sure. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like boo you stupid mother. Beep beep yeah. beep. It could just be like boo. So not like a Brian Kelly boo. Right, but like a <laughs> like a you know. We appreciate what you did, but still, you coached the other team. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you, you don't have to cheer. Right. But, like, you don't have to, like, boo with vitriol. But, like, yeah, you could be like, hey, you're not my coach anymore, so I'm going to boo you and hope that you lose. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm, but it's not like a boo out of hate. Right. I don't, it's I don't, just a, it's I don't just a hate boo to boo. I just boo. I'm just booing you because you're the other team. I would be booing whoever. You know, whoever was standing on the other sideline. Right. All right. I think that's good. I think we're good. If you want to subscribe, hit join. You can subscribe. Uh, join the, the YouTube channel. That money goes to Aaron's Feed Aaron's Baby Fund. Uh, the money, you can also donate uh, to ask questions. Make sure, like, when we do one of these, again, throughout the summer... You're going to have to donate some money to ask all we need, these questions. We need to get with our sponsor, and as it's getting closer to the summer now, we need to get with our either sponsor, maybe both sponsors, and, uh, and yeah, have Do a, a meetup. A, meet a live podcast, a meetup. I, I agree. We'll make Aaron uh, stay in Athens and produce it from his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and you sit there, sit there and yeah. drink beer. Well, me and you sit on laptops, drink beer, and, and do a podcast. <laughs> uh, 
I love it. This was great. We didn't know what we were going to get out of this podcast today, Dave. I thought we got a lot of great content. We literally did not talk one time this week about this podcast. No. We, like, we talked normally... a little bit about possibly getting a guest, and then I didn't hear from you, so I assumed that didn't happen. I was trying to get a couple different guests, and coaches are on the road. The guys that all got drafted are like in the middle of like changing their entire life to go move to another location and find a place to live. And, um, you know, it was a, uh, it was a great podcast. It really was. So thanks to everybody for providing the questions. We, we touched on a lot of stuff we normally don't touch on. Like it's, you know, to us, it's like in a, in a day to day, what's going on conversation. It's redundant, but I think this was the perfect place for it. So uh, hopefully you got a lot of answers. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, Daryl, thanks for listening. He thanks us uh, for everything. Enjoyed the show. I thought it was one of our uh, our better ones of the spring, even though we uh, we didn't really have any plan for what we were going to talk about, and we're at an hour and 52 minutes. So thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com. See ya.